better systems. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. FM, five minutes after the hour of 11, uh, bottom of the hour, towards the 40 minutes or so, we will head to Kansas City Chiefs training camp for the first time, but off we go eastward to Chicago. He's David Kaplan, joins us every week at this time, Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors on what should be, Plambers promises to be, an eventful week for Cubs fans. Cap Trenton, Ken, as always, appreciate you finding time for us. How are you, Capper? What's up, boys? How's the listeners? How's everybody doing? Couldn't be happier, Cap. Uh, lots of news in our way. So let me ask you, before we get into what's going on in Chicago, I already know the answer. Uh, it doesn't move the needle at all. But here, with college football realignment uh, dominating, and with Iowa State potentially uh, you know, in the spot that they're going to be in, um, how, much, how much has this realignment even come up, if at all, on your show? There's realignment going on? That's no, I'm right. kidding. I follow it. Yeah, we haven't discussed it for one second. Yeah, I figure. What a difference five hours away makes, right? right? Uh, but when you have all those pro teams in one city, I can understand it. So, Cap, let's talk about yeah, the one. This, up- is just not, this is just not a college right. sports town. No, it really no. isn't. Uh, it's Cubs town. It's Bears town. Uh, let's start with the Cubs. White Sox had, uh, you mentioned Jimenez in your tweet earlier this morning. Big blast from him. But the Cubs, uh, we're getting closer to the deadline. Cap Buster Olney on Sunday Night Baseball said he's hearing uh, he's hearing Rizzo to the Red Sox, potentially Bryant and Baez, or one, if not both, to the Mets. Now we hear the Giants are in on Bryant. Uh, he's going somewhere. Where does Chris Bryant ultimately end up? You know, I keep hearing that Tampa is really making a play. And they feel like he would be a good fit in that market. And it's not a lengthy contract. He's up after this season. But the Cubs are trying to play Tampa against San Francisco, against the Mets, against a couple of others that have made calls. And they're hoping to get back a really good prospect. The question is, are you really getting a high-level prospect, like I heard Joey Bart, who was their number two prospect in the Giants system, he's a catcher. Are they really going to give up the number two guy in their system for a rental unless they think they can re-sign Chris and they want to get toward their one? Chris is a Western portion of the country type of guy, grew up in Las Vegas, went to college in San Diego at U of San Diego. Um I think he gets moved because I painted the worst-case scenario today on the radio. What happens if you don't get enough to make it worth your while to trade Rizzo, Baez, or Bryant? And you now have these guys in the offseason, so you give them a qualifying offer, so you get the compensatory pick. And with a work stoppage potentially happening next winter, what do you do if all three guys accept the qualifying offer? <laughs> now you're going through this again next year. Yeah. They're all back. So I got to think there's going to be 
over under four guys moved in addition to the two that have already gone, Jock Peterson, Andrew Chapin. I think it's going to be really close to that 4-5 number. Uh, Ryan Tapera, maybe a Dan Winkler, Zach Davies. There's no reason to have Zach Davies here. None. Mm-hmm. So i got to think there's a chance, in addition to the, you know, the big-name guys, that you're going to see other guys move. Chris Bryant saying that he'd absolutely be interested in coming back, even if he is traded. Do you really believe is is that just what you're supposed to say when you got a microphone in front of your face? Or do you believe Chris Bryant when he says that? I don't believe it. I think if he was truly going to come back here, they would be having negotiations and they would discuss a contract. I do not believe that if he is traded, I don't believe he's back here next year anyway. Mm-hmm. But if they trade him, he's coming back here? No shot. Mm. He just, Chris is a good dude, and he says the right thing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, and he was in a locker room or uh, surrounded by his teammates at the time. I, I get why he said it. Cap, you know what? I read a really good piece by a colleague of yours at NBCSports.com, uh, Gordon Whitmire, um, who reminded us of about the manipulation that the Cubs did with Chris Bryant in his service time, and this was the extra year that they got. And this was not supposed to be the way this year was going to play out, right? That they were going to be selling off all of their parts. They they did what they did thinking that this team is going to be still at their peak and in their prime, not the way it's turned out. No, and again, look, they did they manipulate his clock? 100%. No doubt about it. But it's also a business decision. This was nothing personal against Chris Bryant. Nothing. Absolutely zero was done with any kind of malice. And if Chris is honest, and I think he would be, if Chris owned the Cubs and had an asset named Chris Bryant, he would have done the exact same thing. Period. There's no malice here. Nobody's trying to be a jerk. If you don't like the rule, then the Players Association should demand that it gets changed. I don't know if that's at the top of their priority list when they do a new collective bargaining agreement. I usually see veterans are more worried about taking care of veterans than worrying about guys who haven't played a game in the major leagues yet. Is it fair? Did Chris belong on the team? 100%. But if Chris owned the Cubs, he'd have done the exact same thing. So I truly don't believe there's all this you know, malice that it was done with or that the team and Chris are in a bad place because of it. Monday night, Javi Baez comes in, bases loaded, delivers the hit, but it wasn't the hit that got the headlines. It was what happened afterwards, the hooting and hollering. Your takeaway from that, and Amir Garrett, not a, exactly a beloved figure there in the Cubs clubhouse. No, they don't like Amir Garrett. As a Cubs fan, uh, I loved it. Absolutely <laughs> loved Amir Garrett serving up the fly ball to Javi, and Javi stirring the bat. And then, now again, throwing it at his feet, probably not the classiest move that Javi has ever made. Would I be shocked if he got a one-game suspension? I would not. I don't know if he's going to get suspended as much as he'll get fined. Absolutely, 100%. But don't forget, Nick Castellanos got suspended for flexing when he scored a run. (laughs) Stood over the catcher and flexed, and he got a one-game suspension. So, would not shock me if there's a suspension in the offing, but I also, as a fan, 
Loved it. Uh, what's uh, next for Anthony Rizzo, Cap? We know that they lowballed him back in spring training. Uh, that uh, that clearly didn't work. We're still in the same spot. Uh, what's what's next for Rizzo? Is he moved? So I think there's a definitely a chance. You cannot tell me that Anthony not getting vaccinated didn't upset upper management. I know that it did for a fact. That's not speculation. For a fact. They were not happy that Anthony chose not to get vaccinated. Now, again, it's a personal choice, but no man lives on an island. So his actions and Jason Hayward and David Bodie and Eric Sogard and Jake Arrieta not getting vaccinated has kept the Cubs as one of the few teams that are not at the protocols. They cannot go out to dinner on the road as a group. They can't be without masks in the locker room or they risk getting fined on a daily basis. There's just a whole bunch that goes with it. So when you make a decision like that, there is consequence. It's not my body, it's my right, boom. There is fallout, and you'll find that in the NFL, Mm -hmm. who has now said if you're unvaccinated and you guys cause a COVID outbreak, not only will you forfeit, we won't make the game up, you won't get paid. Oh, and the team you were supposed to play, if they're not the reason for the fallout, you are going to have to make up their revenue loss and their players won't get paid. So you can't tell me that this vaccination status isn't affecting things in multiple sports. Long, long answer, I would not be shocked if Anthony's moved. Hmm. Last thing on the Cubs. I want to get to the White Sox. They're the story baseball-wise, the positive one uh, in Chicago this year. Back to Baez for a second. Uh, Buster only put it out there, that, uh, and, and Baez apparently in an interview in Spanish uh, that was done somewhere yesterday mentioned he would love to play with Lindor, uh, which means the Mets, uh, and, and would potentially re-sign there, not knowing what the money's going to be like. Is Baez gone at the end of the week? I'm going to say he's not. They have to have somebody play on their network that does not receive great reviews. They just do. They have to have somebody that's wearing that uniform that's compelling. So I'm going to say Javi does not get traded. But again, if they're not prepared to pay him the 180 to 200 million it's going to take to get him signed, at least that's what his people seem to indicate. John Heyman said that that's the number he's hearing, then you have to trade him. What are you going to do? Just let him walk out the door for a compensation pick? So he didn't play last night. He has a bruised heel, but he was able to bat two nights ago against Amir Garrett. So it tells me it's not an injured list type injury. I think they're being protective of their options going into Friday. To the White Sox and... Eloy Jimenez uh, made his presence known very quickly as he makes his way back. Hits the home run last night, a mammoth blast. What they asked him, I think it was 459. I think he got shortchanged <laughs> there. Just a monster. And just him getting back completely changes the way you look at that lineup day in and day out. Yeah, having him in the lineup, and whether he's in left field or the DH, it changes how you pitch to that team. And then add in Luis Robert, who's back on a rehab assignment now, probably a couple weeks away. Let's say it's even longer, three weeks away. You're still going to have him for almost two months of the season and the postseason. Rick has to go out, and I know he's trying to not give up certain guys, Gavin Sheets or whoever it might be that he doesn't want to trade. But if he's going to add an impactful arm in his bullpen or he's going to add someone that's better than Danny Mendick slash Lurie Garcia, 
to play second base in a postseason game, he's going to have to pay pay the price. You know, everyone always has told me, Theo said it to me, others have said it to me, that it's easier to take a bad team and rebuild it than to have a team that's close and then go, all right, now what do I do with my assets because I want to get over the top. So we're going to find out if he truly believes this team can win the World Series, like I do, and I think he does, it's going to hurt if he wants to add anything of consequence. Uh, so so Trevor Story, you mentioned pitching, and I agree with this, specifically bullpen. Um, but Trevor Story from, from the Rockies wants to play shortstop. He's, he's, he's a power guy. He's, uh, I think, one of the most underrated. You know, we talk about all these frontline shortstops. He's got to be on every single list, but he plays in Colorado. Nobody knows anything about the Rockies. Uh, is there any tractions uh, with him and the White Sox? I know they have called on him. That's a fact. They also, the Yankees were trying to close in on a deal for Trevor Story, but they would consider him at shortstop where other teams have talked about playing him in center field or at second base. They're not moving Tim Anderson for anybody off of shortstop. He's their leader. He's the face of their team. Trevor Story's a better player than Tim Anderson. Mm-hmm. In fact, going into the season, just go on the Google machine and look up the MLB.com rankings. Trevor Story was the number one rated shortstop in the game. So much as I love Tim Anderson as a player, Trevor Story is a really, really good player, and it's going to be painful if you try to acquire him, even if it's just for three months. Michael Kopech back in the bullpen. He didn't pitch at all during the month of June, of course, keeping a very close eye on his innings. Come playoff time, though, is that his role? It is strictly as a as a bullpen guy or... Would they stretch him out? If something happens to the rotation, Dylan Cease turns into a pumpkin, whatever, they're looking for a number 4 guy. Is it completely off the table that that guy could be a Kopech? I don't see him starting this year. You'd have already had to start that process, and this is a prized possession. Mm-hmm. He was didn't pitch in June because he had a hamstring injury. They're being very cautious with him. If they were stretching him out, he would already be either stretched out up here or he'd go down to the minors like the Cubs did with Justin Steele and stretch him out there. They're using him in high leverage. Now, is he a starter next year? Probably, because I don't see any way Rodon's back here. Mm -hmm. But this year, I do not see, barring a serious injury. If you told me one of the top three, Lynn, Rodon, Giolito, got hurt, okay, that's a different question. But they're all healthy. No, he's not starting. Uh, the the Brewers and the White Sox was a fun series this past weekend. Good to watch those two Midwest teams that uh, uh, get overlooked a lot. Speaking of overlooked, Cappy, Justin Fields is going to be the massive story, uh, him and Dalton, um, as, as the Bears get underway. But what uh, what Bears story is being overlooked because of the fascination with the new shiny toy that is Justin Fields? What Bears story is going under the radar? Uh, I think the fact that they're going to be one of the few teams over the 85% threshold for vaccinations. The Washington Redskins have a head football coach who's a good friend of mine in Ron Rivera who's immunocompromised because he just got out of cancer treatment last season, and he is ticked. Their team is either right below or right at 50%. That's it. I think it's incredibly selfish of players on that team who love playing for this coach and they are going to go against modern science and go, yeah, I really don't care. Even though they could get the Delta variant, maybe their healthy young body handles it. How about their head coach who's immunocompromised? 
I think it's incredibly selfish. I don't understand it. And I did have someone at the Bears tell me the other day, 10.30 at night, they got a phone call from one of the players, and he said, hey, man, are you vaccinated? Yep. Okay, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm all about us winning. It's time we win. If you guys feel like this is a competitive advantage for us, I'm going in tomorrow. And he went in and got his first of two Pfizer shots. So I think that's really, really thinking of the team. Michael Irvin came out and said, if you don't get vaccinated, Mm -hmm. you're not all in about winning as a team. I agree with him. To the running back spot. Yesterday, um, Nagy said that 20 carries a game for David Montgomery, something that he certainly thinks that Montgomery can handle. I think people here in the state of Iowa would agree with that after watching his exploits with Iowa State. But Tariq Cohen, banged up, not ready to go right away. Damian Williams they brought in along with the rookie Herbert. Just overall, the running back spot here, an important piece to what Nagy wants to do offensively. Your takeaway from that spot. Yeah, David Montgomery, I think, is a hell of a football player. And when they drafted him, in fact, pre-draft, you guys had me on, and you guys were extolling his virtues. And turned out that was the guy that Matt and Ryan had identified that they really wanted. They liked him, and I believe that they liked the kid that's uh, Singletary that's at Buffalo. And so they looked at these guys, and they saw running backs in the third round start to go off the board, and Josh Jacobs was already gone. They really liked him. So they traded up and they got David Montgomery. And Matt has said, 20 carries a game, absolutely doable. And we have a better offensive line. We have a better understanding of our quarterback room. And we are going to get David Montgomery the football. So I think he's going to have a hell of a season. Cap, what went? Uh, what happened with the uh, with Anthony Miller? Where did this all go wrong? Uh, watched him in college. Thought he was going to have a, a nice career. I'm not saying he was going to Canton, but or anything like that. But I thought he was going to work out. Uh, clearly, it didn't. What went wrong? Attention to detail was very poor from him, and that's from multiple people up there. They said, "Good kid, strong." Work ethic wasn't really a problem in terms of getting in the gym and lifting weights and training, but attention to detail when you run your route tree, uh, as one of their coaches said to me, okay, we tell you that you've got to go 12 steps and you're cutting to the sideline. Well, when you go 14 steps and the ball's thrown at 12, the quarterback gets intercepted, and guess what? It goes on his ledger, not yours. But they run the tape back, and they're like, dude, you have to run everything with precision, and he wasn't like that. And then the last straw was the guy that George McCaskey called a punk from the New Orleans Saints in the regular season game. Javon Wims got into it with this guy, and then pre the playoff game, Matt Nagy took 15 minutes of their practice time, and that to some people they'd be like, well, that's not that much time. 15 minutes out of a less than two-hour practice when you're on a clock in the league says you can't practice more than X number of minutes because of the collective bargaining agreement, and he stops practice and lectures for 15 minutes. Okay, you see this guy? He's a punk. You are not to engage with him. I don't care what he says about your mom, your wife, your children, your heritage, nothing. You do not engage. And, of course, the guy says something to Anthony Miller. He gives him a little shot. Boom. They get flagged. It caused the Bears a big problem. That's why he's not here anymore. We know what Allen Robinson is, a veteran that is just good. All across the board, a solid receiver. Darnell Moody, he had absolutely some moments last year. He's not big. He's fast, though. 
hands eh, inconsistent at best. How big of an upside, though, do you see for Darnell Mooney? I don't think he's ever going to be a number one receiver simply because he's too small. Mm-hmm. You know, he's 5'11", 174 pounds. Can he be a really, really good two and three receiver? Absolutely one of the better ones at that spot in the league. He can fly. He has a tremendous work ethic. They love his understanding of the route tree. They love his understanding of the details that Anthony Miller didn't. And so they feel like he's going to be a big piece. Now, can he stay healthy? We saw him get drilled on the sideline last year, and he was out. So, again, at that size, can he be you know, a 100-catch guy and their number one option? I don't think so. But with Allen Robinson and Darnell Mooney and Marquise Goodwin and Cole Komet and Jimmy Graham, I think they have a chance to have a much, much improved offense. David Kaplan joining us. Capra, great stuff. Uh, I will talk to you with you next week. Trent's on vacation, so it'll be you and I a week from today. Look forward to it, Cap, where there'll be some... Uh... we get Trent's agent? That guy gets more vacation than you and I combined. <laughs> He's doing pretty well. He works hard, though, Cap. i got to give him that. Uh, good to talk He's to you, pal. Indeed he is. Uh, you have a great week, Capra. Thanks, bud. You too. See you. Yep. See you. David Kaplan joining us, giving us a good, solid 20-minute hit there on Chicago sports and what promises to be a very active weekend. I uh, found this as I was looking at some numbers from Darnell Mooney. Mm -hmm. Last year, 23% of balls thrown his way were considered off-target from Elias Sports Bureau. Oh, my God. (laughs) That number's going to get better this year. (laughs) You have to think. Is that what that is? 23% of balls off-target. NFL quarterback. An NFL quarter. Yeah. Well, he's a backup now. Where did he sign anyway? Buffalo, didn't he? Isn't he in Buffalo? Is that where it was? I think he signed in Buffalo. Let me look. I, I think now I you got me wondering. I completely crossed Mitchell Trubisky just no, out understand. of my mind. I get it. I'm trying to erase that piece of my brain. Yeah, he's in Buffalo. He's in Buffalo. It's a good spot. Josh for him. Allen. Buffalo fans, hope your quarterback stays upright. I love Josh Allen, by the way. Yeah. I loved him coming out. I pissed off that the Broncos passed on him after they coached him and uh, the Senior Bowl, and always scouted him. You know what's going to be terrible here is yeah. we're going to have these conversations every year. Who's the next Josh Allen? A guy that's awful, just really awful, yeah. early in his career, yeah. and then turns into an All Pro. Mm-hmm. That's a unicorn. Yeah, that does not happen. Mm-hmm. There's guys that you see struggle early on, but not at the level of him and the completion percentage to go from what he was early in his well, career. Well, who helped him out? Didn't didn't he? Was it? Carson Palmer's brother is now tutoring quarterback and um, Jordan Palmer. Jordan Palmer played at UTEP. Yeah, um, he worked with Joe Burrow this off season, oh, really? which is why you're still seeing a lot of hype. Watch Joe Burrow's numbers, who I love by the way, mm-hmm. uh, go through the roof. You've already invested in the Bengals. I, I'm all over the NFC North. There's no way the Steelers are going to be as good as people think they are, and there's no way at least in my eyes, uh, that the Bengals are going to be as bad. Trent, six and a half? So they got to go seven and ten? Right. They can do that. I think they can, too. I think the Steelers are going to stink. But the Browns are going to be good. They are going to be good. And the Ravens are going to be They're good. They're not going anywhere. There's four right there. Mm-hmm. Going to have to do a little more investing here. I jumped aboard your Broncos before... And you jumped across aboard my Brewers, too, and you're I all did. over. You're about to cash in the Brew crew. Well, you've been so good here the last year and a half yeah, now in I your futures. The twins to, I didn't bet the Twins. That's right. But the Lightning two years in a row, yeah. you had that. I did. I um, love playing futures. You almost had the Suns. 
Yeah. That was a good call. Yeah, but you know what? I uh, took a little bit of what I thought was going to be a hedged a little bit. Yeah. Bet the Brewers and got plus uh, Brewers. Bet the Bucks and got plus one fifty. Uh, anyways, we've got to get a timeout. Before we do that, we've got to do a keyword. However, business to do regarding our friend David Kaplan, and that's to thank our friends at Centurion Stone of Iowa, who sponsor Cappy's segment each and every week. Cappy gave us 20 minutes today. That was very nice of him. Uh, if you're looking for stone veneer, um, natural stone, uh, tax center update, exterior project, interior project, any size. Think about that fireplace. And, and maybe how much uh, you could spruce that up. Here's what it does. It just does nothing but increase the value of your home or make it more marketable when it does come to move it. Centurion Stone of Iowa has over 20, or 200 rather color and pattern combinations. Go online, centurionstoneofiowa.com, or once you've done that, or prior to, visit the showroom, 5525 Northeast 22nd Street in Des Moines. They do have Saturday hours. You can find all of their hours uh, at centurionstoneofiowa.com. Full stop. It's time to go for the green on KXNO. You can win $1,000 right now by texting the keyword CASH to 200-200. CASH to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. All right, Russ Carew, who helped us uh, helped the Fanatics out with mm-hmm. their uh, fantasy draft. Um, the well, mock it's draft. not a fantasy draft, mock draft. Yeah. Uh, from Mistress Brewing back oh, a couple of months ago, prior to the NFL draft. He has made his way down to Chiefs camp. He's been scouting it today. Look forward to catching up as to what he's seen. Again, if you are a Chiefs fan, uh, you'll be glad to know this, that the voice of the Kansas City Chiefs has agreed to join Trent and I, as he did last year, uh, each and every day, Monday through Friday for, at 10.50. Kansas City Chiefs conversation Monday through Friday throughout the month of August and then weekly uh, going forward. Uh, Papa John's of Central Iowa sponsors that through Mitch Holtis. But we've got the voice of the Chiefs coming up Monday through Friday, starting next week, every day at 10.50. But a quick preview on the Chiefs as we head down to training camp with Russ Grew and uh, Miller and Condon come back on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and One Art Media. K-Guard Iowa provides the largest, longest-lasting, most durable, clog-free gutters available, matched with excellent installation and customer service. And I can say that because I have K-Guard gutters on my home. The K-Guard Iowa team is devoted to providing customer service, expert workmanship, clog-free gutter systems, and a friendly experience, all at an affordable price. Visit the website, kguardiowa.com, and they'll provide you a free estimate. K-Guard Iowa, local sports. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on... Trent Condon here with you. There's two kinds of rental property owners. The do-it-yourself guy and the renter's warehouse guy. You know DIY guy. He insists on handling everything himself, even if it makes him miserable. Renter's warehouse guys are a lot happier because they let my friends at renter's warehouse handle all their property management headaches. 
Like when a tenant clogs a crapper, DIY guy grabs a plunger, heads over, opens the lid, and nearly passes out. Renner's Warehouse guy, he lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. When tenants are late with rent, DIY guy interrupts his workday to call them, email them, text them, until he's wasted his entire day. While Renner's Warehouse guy lets Renner's Warehouse handle it. And when a tenant has an emergency at 3 in the morning, DIY guy has to roll out of bed and handle it himself. Because when you're a DIY landlord, your tenant's problems are always your problems. Renner's Warehouse guy, he sleeps soundly through the night. When it comes to your property management, let Renner's Warehouse handle it. Get your free rental price analysis at Renner'sWarehouse.com today. That's Renner'sWarehouse.com today or call 515-528-44. Now back to Miller and Condon. On 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM, here's Ken and Trent. All right, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. If you missed it a minute ago, the keyword is cash. Cash to 200, 200. This contest, at least for now, ends on Friday. So you got a couple of days left. Keywords coming up again uh, at 1, 3, 4, and 5 o'clock hour. And that will rinse and repeat again tomorrow. Starts at 6 a.m. with the morning rush. Let's head south, shall we? Chiefs training camp is underway. Season ticket holders get an opportunity to see the squad before the general public does. Russ Carew, of course, uh, Graphite Construction Group. If you listen to the mock draft that the Fanatics put together from Mistress Brewing on the eve of uh, the NFL draft, uh, Russ Carew was very prepared. I will give him yes. that much. He had uh, everything at, the, at his fingertips. He's at Chiefs training camp, and he joins us. Hello, Russ Carew. Trent and Ken, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. How about yourself? No, listen, I'll be fine, thank you. And we appreciate you coming on uh, to talk about those Chiefs who uh, looks as though they're going to be looking up at the Denver Broncos and Drew Locke this year. Let's start there. <laughs> totally, absolutely. They're going to be looking up at the Denver Broncos. <laughs> no. They're stomping on them with their shoes. Yeah. Been a long time since they've done that, but it was a good time. It hasn't been good as of late for this Bronco fan. But let's talk about the Chiefs. And So what have you seen? Uh, you're in there with other season ticket holders. The public gets uh, uh, will have their opportunity coming up here in the days ahead and numerous opportunities. Uh, have you been able, you know, just watching, um, glean anything that uh, that you think is newsworthy, Russ? Yeah, I think there's a couple of pretty good things we saw today at camp. Uh, first was uh, Trey Smith starting at right guard. Um, you know, they brought LDT back after his exemption year with COVID. He took it off. He's a doctor. He was practicing medicine up in Canada last year, and uh, there's a lot of questions about him even coming back. But in OTAs, he was starting right guard, and then today when they rolled out the ones, it was Trey Smith, a six-round pick from Tennessee, that's interesting. Yeah. And an offensive line that, going back to the Super Bowl, we knew the Chiefs were going to have to retool it. Honestly, I think they did such a better job of not just rebuilding what they have as a starter, but building depth here from, of course, the former Iowa Hawkeye, Austin Blythe. Is he going to be a starter? We'll see maybe early in the season, but they got Humphrey coming in from Oklahoma to play center. He can play both guard and center, Ken Blythe. But they have depth here. And depth in the NFL and offensive line, that's not a luxury many teams have yet. The Chiefs, with all their financials, they have found a way. Yeah, I think they uh, they have a magic guy in the back who counts the beans special way or something. Uh-huh. But uh, 
Yeah, um, they've, they've done really well at picking up uh, key personnel and key positions for them. Um, you know, today the starting offensive line was actually um, Mike Remmer, so the only guy they brought back from the Super Bowl um, starting offensive line. So he was starting right tackle. They had Trey Smith. Then they had Humphrey, their second-round draft pick from Oklahoma State, or Oklahoma. And uh, then they had uh, Brown and I'm uh, Joe Thune. Thune. At left guard and then left tackle. So mm. um, totally retooled that line. And it looked a lot better. Yeah, I needed to clearly, as, as as Trent has mentioned. So early in training camp, how how active is Patrick Mahomes? What do they have him do? Well, beyond throwing footballs to the fans in the stands, <laughs> kind of part of the morning. Yeah. Um, they so their their processes. Uh, they start out at about nine. Um, they run uh, their position group um, practice, so they work on their skills and you know just like defensive line. They'll, We'll just work on which gaps they're they're going in through and who's doing what on certain plays, um, and then so they do their position group kind of work, and then they'll they'll kind of bounce and do that for about forty five minutes to an hour, and then they kind of bounce between um, running the quarterbacks out there and then the offensive uh, weapons, I guess you could call them tight ends, running back, um, wide receivers, and then they run with the, the secondary of the defense. And then the two, the offensive and defensive line are on the other field, and they're kind of going at each other just a little bit. Um, and then eventually they bring everyone together for eleven on eleven, and then they break apart and do special teams. Um, and that's when Mahomes was had nothing better to do, so he threw footballs to everyone in the stands. <laughs> that's awesome, and quite the perk that you had there, Russ. So Travis Kels, yeah, it's Kels now. It is now, and yeah. I. I have to look at it a couple of times. I have to remind myself anytime we're talking Chiefs. It's Travis Kels. How about you? Have you got it down yet, or are you still calling him Kelsey? So I, I think it's Kelsey. I think he's trolling everyone because Jason Kelsey, you know, was with the Eagles for I think eleven years, and he never once said anything, and everyone called him Kelsey the whole time. I think Travis is just trolling with everyone. <laughs> Which he's got that kind of personality where it wouldn't be a surprise, right? He's going to do this, and then maybe on the eve of the first game of the year, he's oh, just messing with you guys. It's it's actually still Kelsey. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Russ, speaking of that tight end position. What else is there? Anything to get excited about there? Blake Bell, the Bell Dozer, is still there as a back part. He's a bit part for them. Any youngsters, anybody popping there? Yeah, so they drafted Noah Gray this year, and he was looking solid today. He made some moves. He's got a little wiggle to him. Um, I don't think he's you know Travis Kelsey caliber, but um, he, I think, could be developmentally a, a guy that they really put in the number two position for their tight ends, and then... Uh, Maybe run some three tight end sets, two tight end sets this year, a little more, and and kind of add that dimension to their deep, or their offense. They had that a few years ago, um, back in 2015, and it worked really well for them when they had Alex Smith quarterbacking the team. But uh, I could definitely see this year running three tight ends and then uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in the backfield and splitting them out wide um, because they actually did that today in one play. I was waiting all morning for it, but they ran it one time. And uh, the defense just, yeah, got kind of confused. And that's against the team that plays against them, you know, practices against them every day pretty much. So um, I think there's a lot of good things coming for their offense with adding that second 
option at tight end. Well, one thing about a lot of things about this team positive, but one of them has clearly been the way they've been able to get out of the gate to start seasons, despite you know having some uh, what at least we thought uh, prior to the season was going to be very difficult first few weeks of the season. They navigate that. Has Mahomes lost in September? I don't think he has. In fact, oh, really? I'm pretty sure he is not. Um, but this 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 schedule is no different, right? Cleveland, who you know playoff team, most folks think they're going to be back. Then you go to Baltimore. Here come the Chiefs, maybe catch your breath uh, with the game in Philly, uh, and then Buffalo. So the first three, there's only three games in September. Cleveland, Baltimore, and Los Angeles. Again, uh, on paper, what looks to be a daunting schedule, but they've been really good in September. They have. Um, I think I'm not sold on Cleveland. I think Cleveland last year, you know, in the playoffs, got lucky. And the only reason they came back against the Chiefs because Mahomes wasn't even in. Um, you know, they had to have some last-second miracles to win other games. I just, I think Cleveland is truly a an eight-eight team as a sixteen-game season that just got some lucky breaks last year. Um, when it comes to the Ravens, I think the Ravens are a good team. They like to beat up on poor competition, and there's enough of that in the NFL. And the Ravens, when it comes to playoffs, they always have a struggle because you got to throw the ball. And if you can't throw the ball, you're not going to go that far. So I think the Ravens are a good team. Um, I think they'll make the playoffs this year along with Buffalo. But uh, I just, I don't know. I'm not bullish on a loss of either of those two teams, especially when Patrick Mahomes and the, the stuff that they've been talking about the whole offseason, I feel like they're they're fired up for this year. And it's it's their revenge tour is what I've heard it called. Russ, uh, let you go here in a moment. Russ Crew joining us as he just finished up at Chiefs training camp today from Graphite Construction Group. So remember about a month back, I tweeted out those pictures, Southeast Polk and what you guys are going to be doing there with the new football field and everything else. I'm going to put you on the spot here on the radio. You're going to make sure that I got my own wing right at that press box? Well, the press box is pretty large, so it even has an <laughs> elevator up to it. Oh, so nice. I, I think you'll be okay, Trent. Okay, good, good. <laughs> Like to do that. Russ, enjoy Kansas City. Enjoy St. Joe's and training camp. Good catching up with you again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Appreciate you having me on the air. Yeah, good to talk to you. Russ Carew joining us uh, from Graphite Construction. When is the Southeast Pro Project going to be complete? I think 2023 school year. So oh, a couple more years of playing. Yes. Uh, but the, the picture that you tweeted, man, that's really yeah. beautiful. Got a tunnel going underneath Oof. leading into the field. It is immaculate. We will take our final time out, come back, finish out the program. How'd you do in your place of the day yesterday? 0 for 2, two blown leads. Those are frustrating when your dogs can't get it done after jumping out to early leads. Yeah. But that's betting baseball. It's a grind. Uh, we'll come back. Miller and Condon, 1460 KXNO, 106.1 for podcasting. The Central Iowa Sports Network is your home for year-round coverage of high school athletics in the CIML and the only place to watch Des Moines Menace Soccer. Providing coverage year-round and always streaming for free on YouTube and at CISN.TV. Subscribe to CISN TV on YouTube to stay up to date on upcoming events. Like and follow on Facebook and Twitter at CISN TV or visit their website at CISN.TV. CISN TV, the home for live. Erie of Waukee. Some roofing companies have a passing storm. Here today, gone tomorrow. Not Wolf Roofing. Wolf Roofing has been serving Central Iowa since 1993, from basic repairs to complete re-roofing projects. Wolf Roofing has the expertise to get your job done right. We have a team of highly trained and certified people, both in the field and behind the scenes, who care about your project. 
for a job done right, get the professionals at Wolf Roofing and Call at 225-8866 or find us on the web at 800-BETS-OFF. Convent 1460 KX and 0106.3 FM. You know, it's really depressing uh, from where I sit as, as a Winnipeg Jet fan. Today's the first day of free agency. Oh, okay. I don't even have to look. Nobody <laughs> signed. There's no one going to Winnipeg. Why the hell? If you have options, why Isn't there a you? salary cap, though? Should that yeah, help but out? but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They're not going to Winnipeg. Uh, they got to they got to throw it at all the players that they draft mm-hmm. prior to getting to free agency and hope that carrot means something to them. Maybe check in two or three days, the leftovers, the guys that have no other options. Eh, they'll fill a role. Just brutal. Yeah. Anyways, um, do you like anything tonight? I do. I got a lot of baseball plays, which is probably dangerous after yesterday, but right back to the well once again. Like uh, Max Free tonight with Atlanta. He'll get the start against the Mets. Uh, get some plus money there with the Braves. So I'm going to jump aboard there. Okay. I like your Blue Jays. Against the Red Sox, they, they have to, it's a double dip today, right? They got it rained is. out yesterday. And game one, because it's Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. One of the guys that I seemingly bet on every single time his start comes up, and I've lost a lot of money, <laughs> certainly back in the is Arizona days. one o'clock or noon, do you know? Uh, one ten Central yeah. Time for the first pitch there. And you say Kikuchi is on the mound for Seattle. You know you what that means, him. Ken. Yeah. He uh, was a winner when we were in Vegas, of course, Mm -hmm. and I didn't get to the window in time to get on him. But those are a few of the plays that I like tonight in baseball. You know, Olympics, I would like to be betting more. Just the start times, is it delayed? What time is this actually? It makes it difficult. Because I would. I've been watching handball, which I think is a lot of fun. Is it really? It is. It's a really... Remember five years ago, the last Olympics, and it was kind of one of those sports that felt like it was building a little niche. And I thought, kind of it, like what curling does in the winter, right? Yeah. And I thought it was going to be something like that, and it was going to build nothing, absolutely. No. You know, it's CBS Sports Network. They got beanbag toss on all the time, but you don't see a handball match. Beanbag, a beanbag toss is on ESPN. Is that the next Olympic sport? I hope not. Haven't we gone too far? Well, I mean, some of these sports, people get gold medals for that. Yeah, sure. I guess rhythmic gymnastics and what synchronized diving. I got a big <laughs> kick out of watching that yesterday too. I, this is, I like the Olympics for that. Mm-hmm. Is it time to get rid of some of the old, like shooting a bow and arrow? The really worth, yeah. and same thing, I was watching it, and I was captivated. Now, it was for 15 minutes, mm-hmm. but it sucked me in for that. Ping same, pong gets me that way. Oh, yeah. Bat, that and badminton, those are excellent. Kayaking last night. I spent 10 minutes watching these, and they're oh. just banging into the poles. It feels like they have no control at all. It's, yeah. And I'm, they not don't. Going, and I'm not going to watch it again until 2024, but it got me for 10 minutes last yeah, night. Yeah, I haven't spent a lot of time on the Olympics. I, Baez didn't play last night. I thought there might be some uh, some extracurricular activities there mm-hmm. wasn't. Hopefully he's in the lineup today. All right, speaking of the lineup, KXNO's lineup continues here in an hour and five minutes locally. Uh, with Murph and Andy, they join the fray at 1 o'clock, and then the Fanatics at 3. It's Wednesday. Hawks Central goes tonight. Leistakow back from vacation. They are underway at 6. Morning Rush will start tomorrow's slate of local programming at 6 a.m. We're Miller and Condon weekdays from 10 until noon. Thanks for being with us on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106.3 FM.